Jesus' ministry begins with two pivotal events, his baptism in the Jordan River and his temptation in the wilderness by the devil. The first serves to identify who Jesus is, the Son of God. The second serves to show us what kind of Messiah Jesus will be. Join Pastor Jason Schuller for a look at Luke chapter 4, verses 1-13, through 13, as we seek to understand what Jesus came to do as the Messiah, and how Jesus' choices impact our call to follow in his footsteps. Join me in prayer. Bring your word near to us, O God. May it rest not only on your lips, but also reside in your hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us to respond to your word with our whole lives until you become our dwelling place. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Our first reading this morning is from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, chapter 26, the first 11 verses. Once you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you take possession of it and are settled there, take some of the early produce of the fertile ground that has been harvested from the land the Lord your God is giving you and put it in a basket then go to the location the Lord your God selects for his name to reside. Go to the priest who is in office at the time and say to him, I am declaring right now before the Lord my God that I have indeed arrived in the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest will then take the basket from you and place it before the Lord your God's altar. Then you should solemnly, solemnly state before the Lord your God, My father was a starving, starving Armin. He went down to Egypt, living as an immigrant there with a few family members. But that is when he became a great nation, mighty and numerous. The Egyptians tested us terribly, oppressing us and forcing hard labor on us. So we cried out, for help from the Lord, our ancestors, God. The Lord heard our call. God saw our misery, our trouble, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, with awesome power and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land of milk and honey. So now I am bringing the early produce of the fertile ground that you, Lord, have given me. Set the produce before the Lord your God, bowing down before the Lord your God. Then celebrate all the good things the Lord your God has done for you and your family. Each one of you, along with the Levites and the immigrants who are among you. Our second reading this morning is from Psalm 91. Living in the most high shelter, camping in the Almighty's shade, I say to the Lord, you are my refuge, my stronghold. You are my God, the one I trust. Because you've made the Lord my refuge, the most high, your place of residence, no evil will happen to you. No disease will come close to your Lent, your tent. Before he will order his messengers to help you, to protect you wherever you go. They will carry you with their own hands so you don't bruise your foot 
on a stone. You'll march on top of lions and vipers. You'll trample young lions and serpents underfoot. God says, because you are devoted to me, I'll rescue you. I'll protect you because you know my name. Whenever you cry out to me, I'll answer. I'll be with you in troubling times. I'll save you and glorify you. I'll fill you with, I will, I'll fill you full with old age. I'll show you my salvation. Our sermon text this morning is from the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Just prior to this, Jesus is baptized by John at the Jordan River. Jesus returned from the Jordan River full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and afterward Jesus was starving. The devil said to him, Since you are God's son, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus replied, It's written, People won't live by bread alone. Next, the devil led him to the high place and showed him in a single instant all the kingdoms of the world. The devil said, I will give you this whole domain and the glory of all these kingdoms. It's been entrusted to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. Therefore, if you will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It's written, You will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil brought him into Jerusalem and stood him at the highest point of the temple. He said to him, Since you are God's son, throw yourself down from here, for it's written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and they will take you up from their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. Jesus answered, It's been said, don't test the Lord your God. After finishing every temptation, the devil departed from him until the next opportunity. The word of God for the people of God. This is one of those stories with lots of layers to it, an imagery that Jesus' contemporaries would have immediately recognized. Number one, you have this number 40 showing up. Can you think of other instances where the 40 shows up in the Bible? How long did the people wander in the wilderness? 40 years. How long did it rain with the great flood? 40 days and nights. 40 is one of those numbers that is meaningful and shows up over and over. That's how we get this idea that Lent is 40 days, plus Sundays, those don't count. But it's 40 days of Lent. You have Jesus alone in the wilderness, the beginning of his ministry. There are no disciples at this point. Nobody has been called yet. Jesus went to the Jordan River to be baptized and immediately left alone for the wilderness. Now this wilderness is a specific place that is desolate. There is nothing there. 
It is as wild of a place as you can imagine. Nobody lived there. Nothing grew there. That's where Jesus went. And there Jesus meets the devil and is tempted. We have three temptations recorded, but it's not all of the temptations. It says he was tempted for 40 days. And he didn't eat. Have you ever been hungry? Have you ever had to fast for a surgery or something like that? To where you couldn't eat for a long period of time? How long until that's all you think about? All you can think about is getting some food. It doesn't take very long. 12 hours? 12 hours and you're already consumed by thinking about it? If you have to go a whole day, 24 hours? Your stomach starts to kind of hurt and 40 days of no eating. Jesus was human. Jesus was hungry. In fact, that hunger would have started consuming his body. There were examples of this kind of extreme fasting in some Judaism back then. But this takes it to a whole new level. 40 days. Jesus is at his weakest here, his absolute weakest, when these three temptations come. We have a term for what happens to us when we're hungry. What's the term? What do people get? Hangry, yes. We have combined hunger and anger into a new term. Can only imagine how hangry Jesus was at 40 days. There are no witnesses to this taking place, so Jesus would have had to tell the disciples at some point. But what takes place in this temptation in the wilderness is Jesus, in his full humanity and full divinity, choosing what kind of Messiah he is to be. What kind of Messiah will Jesus be? We talk about that term, he is the anointed one, he is the Messiah. But what will that look like? Will it be what the Jewish people expected? A king to reclaim the throne, to raise up an army, to go against the Romans, to kick them out of the land once and for all, and reclaim it for the Jewish people. That's what people were expecting. That's what they were counting on when the Messiah shows up. And these temptations speak to that. But let's go through the temptations. First, the most basic speaks to his hunger, his profound hunger at this point. Since you're God's son, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. In other words, meet the most basic need that you have, your hunger. Stop this madness of fasting. 
Jesus responds by quoting from the Old Testament that people won't live by bread alone. The whole verse is people won't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay, that one didn't work. The devil regroups. Takes Jesus to a high place and shows him all of the kingdoms of the world. And says, look, they can all be yours. We can shortcut this. We can bypass this whole thing that you have to do. The cross and all this ugliness. We don't have to do that. All of these kingdoms will bend their knee and proclaim you king. You can avoid the horror ahead of you. If only you will bow your knee and worship. Jesus responds again, quoting scripture. You will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The appeal to power didn't work. The offer of supreme power over the world didn't work. So finally, the devil takes Jesus up to the highest point of the temple. It's this pinnacle of the temple that would have been 400 feet in the air. And says, since you're God's son, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. Here it's the devil quoting scripture. Quoting Psalm, one, Psalm 91 that Mary read about the anointed one. The devil says, you are the anointed one. Surely you are. And because of that, God won't let anything happen to you. Jesus responds again, don't test the Lord your God. And the devil leaves until the next opportunity. Each of these temptations addresses something that all humans struggle with. They're all self-centered. The first deals with our needs, our practical needs, and what we do to meet them. Jesus could very well have turned that stone into bread. Jesus was first born over all creation, there at the founding of the world. In his ministry, he would do miracles around bread, taking several small loaves and feeding thousands with them. But he wouldn't use that for his own gain. He wouldn't disobey what God was doing. The second temptation was about power. And this word used is, a, is an earthly political power. The ruler of kingdoms. How tempted we are by that. 
by power and ruling over others. The shortcut, the easy way to power. Jesus could have chosen this way, could have bypassed the cross, could have been the Messiah the people were expected. but he would not disobey what God had planned. And finally, testing God's protection of him. I feel like we see that a lot in our modern times. A lot of the narrative around anti-vaxxing out of Christian churches, I think, revolves around this temptation to test God and the protection of God. God will protect me no matter what. It's that story of the person in the flood sitting on the rooftop. And the guy in the boat goes by and says, come on, get in, I'll save you. Oh, no, no, God will protect me. And the second person comes by. Come in, get in, I'll save you. No, God will protect me. And finally a helicopter flies by. No, God will save me and protect me. Person dies and meets God and says, God, where were you? You were supposed to protect me. I sent two boats and a helicopter. What more do you want of me? We have this human tendency to want to put God to the test for our own benefit, for our own reasons. All of these temptations speak to us in modern times. The temptation to put ourselves first and our own needs, the temptation for power and political gain, the temptation to test God for our own benefit to command of God instead of serving God. Jesus chose through these temptations the kind of Messiah he was to be. One to be strong through weakness. One to serve others, not himself. To do the will of God and take the hard road. And to serve God in all circumstances, no matter how difficult it got. He would disappoint the people in their expectations. He would take the hard road of the cross for our benefit. As we think about this Lenten journey and this time of introspection, as we think about our own path, as we think about how God may be calling us to move in this world, to change parts of ourselves, let us remember that when temptation shows itself to us, and it will and it does, when the easy road is there before us, and we're tempted by it. When we're tempted to put ourselves first instead of last, 
when we're tempted to try to force God into our box instead of marvel at the mystery of God. Remember Jesus' words. Remember what Jesus chose. And the invitation to each of us is to follow the same path, the hard road. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Community Presbyterian Church in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. 